Seeing as how we finally are doing an alien episode again, I thought it would be a good time to crack a few space jokes, right? How do you organize a space party? You plan it. What Jedi can you eat? Obi-Wan cannoli. Why did the people not like the restaurant on the moon? Because there was no atmosphere. What do you call a robot that always takes the longest route? R2 detour. Were those all too corny for you? Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Sorry, my jokes are just light years ahead of you. It was just like a saucer just sitting in the air. Travis had that door open and was getting out. And all of a sudden, this foolish light came out. It was blind panic, white knuckles. I hollered out, they got him. Travis! Travis! He was nowhere to be found. This is real life. This is what happened to a man and six other of his crew members. Hey guys, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. I'm Tina. <laughs> and I'm Kylie. And I... <laughs> I think I lost brain cells listening to the jokes. You you wrote them, okay? Uh, I googled. Actually, other people wrote them. How does that make you feel? Okay, I googled uh, kindergartner space <laughs> jokes to get them. <laughs> oh my god! So there's that. I think um, what what one was your favorite? Uh, R two no cannoli. <laughs> cannoli. Cannoli. I like the how do you organize a space party? You plan it. You plan it. <laughs> so um hi Kylie, how are you? Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm doing fine. I'm falling apart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, I'll tell you a quick summary. I got the stitches and my face removed, and she cut my face and she goes, Do you want me to stitch that back up? I was like, No, no. I'm, I'm good. Thank you though. <laughs> And then the next day I pulled two muscles in my back. And so like it hurts to move. And so I took an extra long hot shower and I had an allergic reaction to something I used. And so now my entire body is breaking out in rashes. And, you know, and you're also working on your house. So it's not like you can just like (laughs) lay down and just life's been rough. (laughs) Be a something like a lazy bum. And then I have a dog arriving next week. So I got to like get my shit together. You have to get your shit together so that you can puppyize your... Be a good cowboy parent. My dog's <laughs> name's Cowboy, for everyone listening. <laughs> get inside, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors are going to hate me. <laughs> yep. So we need to start by doing something really, really important tonight, Kylie. Uh-huh. In the last episode, we were thanking some people for doing certain things and somehow, after all this time, we've skipped the most important, amazing, wonderful, splendid, humble, kind, funny, awesome friend I've ever made in my whole existence. And they're not forcing me to say this one bit. Dear Casey, <laughs> thank you for being you. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Did I do it good? Yeah. Okay. You did good. Do you think he's going to think I'm sarcastic? Maybe a little. Ah, uh, I'm not. Aw. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> 
Um, also, there's something really big happening. Oh, my gosh. I've been waiting all day to talk to you about this. And it's funny because the day we're recording, the announcement came out today. So it's like it is perfect how it lines up. But now it'll be a nice almost week for you guys. It, well, a few days. It's going to be like a few days away. So yesterday on the uh, 7th, one of my favorite podcasts, and I've talked about them before. They are one of the biggest podcasts in my world that like makes me love podcasting. They're called True Crime Guys. And they have a Patreon that has The Strange and Unexplained is one of their podcasts. And then they have Sandu Stories, which is Sandu, Strange and the Unexplained Stories. OK, um, well, they were making Sandu Stories now a free podcast you can listen to on like Apple and Spotify where you normally have them. So that's already like super fucking cool. I'm stoked. Right. And they're going to start all the way from the beginning for everyone that's never heard them. But on top of that, they have another huge announcement and I'm telling you guys so that you guys will get hyped so that you guys go listen to them because I love them and I want you to love them. So the podcast is hosted by two of my um, friends, Michael and Lauren. But Lauren is going to be taking a sidestep and taking some time away from the podcast. And they are bringing in a new um, like co-host. So Michael's going to stay in the podcast, but they're bringing on a new co-host. And I got to talk to him today and he seems pretty cool. And I'm really, 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 really freaking excited. So they're like rebranding kind of. They're like updating their image and stuff. And oh, my freaking gosh, I'm Foaming at the mouth, waiting for the next episode. And we know how rebranding goes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. we've done it a time or two. So I'm so excited. So I am going to like um, link their thing or whatever, just so that you guys know who I'm talking about when I post the Instagram thing. But they're one of I, 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 I think they're my favorite podcast, if not definitely top three. Because I remember when Corey asked me way back in the day, a few years ago, he's like, I want to get into podcasting. What's some podcast I should listen to? And that was the first one I named him. I was like, go mm-hmm. listen to this one. And he's like, oh, I love them. I was like, I know. <laughs> so um, I'm, I pulled a you last episode. You fucked up. I fucked up. You fucked up big. I mean, you fucked up. She's TikTok Australian. Fucked, TikTok <laughs> fucked up. She's Australian. Maybe he had an affair. Okay. I don't know. No, nah, tell them what you did. <laughs> tell them what you did. Tell them the lies and slander. So... <laughs> So Owen Wilson and Rebel Wilson are not, in fact, related, guys. That's not even a real last name. No, it's not her real last name. So, uh, sorry. So that's <laughs> fucking lies. Don't but, ever okay, listen to Kylie but again. But don't they have the same face? No. <laughs> and she's do. Australian. That doesn't matter. Oh. They're, they're doppelgangers. <sighs> Maybe she wanted to be like him. That's why she chose Wilson. Maybe. Winona Ryder's real last name is not Ryder. I knew that, but I don't remember what it is. Mm, I don't know, but I know she was listening to an album and that's how she came up with the last name. But I don't remember what album. Something yep. that has Ryder in the name. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, sorry. You ready to talk about aliens? Yes. All right. Let's. Um, let's. Uh, I can't think of a pun. So let's just do it. Um, what do UFOs do? <laughs> glide. Fly. Oh, let's glide in. Glide on in. Let's uh, pick up no. and um, abduct. Let's, let's abduct ourselves into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is We're doing great. <laughs> so this is the fire in the sky. Travis Walton story. This came after Betty and Barney Hill. And this is probably one of the next biggest uh, alien slash UFO abduction stories. 
And it's kind of funny because like later on in life, Travis and Betty Hill like became friends. So like it's also kind of funny just to think about that. But it was November 5th, 1975, when um, seven men witnessed a UFO. They said an alleged alien abduction happened to a man named Travis Walton near Snowflake, Arizona. You think it's alleged or alleged? Because you said alleged, but I read alleged when I was like reading it with you. I don't know. I think both. Is it like tomato, tomato? It, yeah, I think it just depends on how I'm feeling. I don't think there's a right or wrong, no rhyme or reason to it. Huh. But you know what I think's wrong? That Rebel Wilson is not Fuck Rebel off. Wilson's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to let that one go. <laughs> no. But so this story has multiple witnesses. It has more documentation than a lot of other alien stories. But people still don't know. Is it a publicity stunt, a hoax? There are so many skeptics about this one. So we'll tell you the story. We'll tell you a few of the skeptic results. And then we'll let you decide for yourself if you believe it or not. It was the morning of Wednesday, November 5th, 1975. Kylie, what movie talks about the 5th of November? Remember, remember the 5th of November. Something gunfly, fire, reason, treason, remember, November, something. Don't know. V for Vendetta. Oh, I only saw that once. (laughs) There was no way I was remembering that. So seven men were working for a logging crew in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest in Arizona. And the men were currently hired for the Turkey Springs tree thinning contract in the area. Oh, Apache? Yeah. Apache. Apache. I think I've I think I've heard of that before. Yeah. Like the Apache Mountains. Yeah. I definitely have heard of that. So I guess these men were also doing like double duty. It is known like to people talk about it. So they were doing two different contracts. And so they're working hella long hours, like all the time lately. So that kind of becomes important at the very end, but only if you know that they're doing it. Otherwise, you can just like overlook that fact. The men presently at the work site that day were Mike Rogers, who is the boss. Uh, I think he's only like 28. So when you think of boss, don't think these are like older dudes. They're all kind of like in their 2030s area. Dwayne Smith, Stephen or Steve Pierce, Alan Dallas, John Goulet, Kenneth Ken Peterson and Travis Walton. The men were split between like half the men were piling the trees up and stuff. And then half of them were running the saw. So Travis, Allen and John were on the saw while Dwayne, Kenneth and Steve were piling. And there's going to be two Dwaynes in this story. So later I'll like differentiate. But as the day went on, the men continued working, but it was getting really chilly and it was getting really dark. The sun started setting because, you know, they're up in the mountains And so the sun's eventually going to like be hidden by the mountains. Around 6 p.m., the men started to turn off their saws and call it a day. Um, The area they were working was about like an hour, hour and a half from where they like actually lived in the town they lived in. So that was another thing like they couldn't have stayed super late. All the workers began loading the chainsaws, gas cans, oil cans, like all the supplies they've been using all day into the 1965 International, which is like a van type thing. And they ended the day. In the vehicle was Dwayne in the left rear door, like passenger area. And uh, John and Steve were in the middle. Alan was by the right rear door. In the front was Travis in the shotgun itself, passenger seat, and Ken in the middle. And then Mike, the boss, is driving. 
By 6.10 p.m., the men had everything packed and they were ready to head home and leave the park for the day because they were excited to be home by about 7.30 p.m. as long as nothing stopped them or slowed them down on the way home. Since it was a normal day in midfall, the men were super hot from like a hard day at work. So they were like, we'll just roll down the windows. We'll get some fresh air, you know, like we'll have our cigarettes. We'll talk shit about our work day. It's going to be like a normal drive home, right? So Travis then claimed that as they were driving, he saw some sort of a strange light about 100 yards away through the trees. The car got really quiet as some of the other men started to catch sight of the lights. Also, they thought it could be like headlights or maybe just a campfire. But they ruled out both of these scenarios because there was no smoke and the like shape was off, right? Shape was off from a campfire like it was like from a campfire or a headlight. Like it just it it was odd how they were spaced apart. Everything. It just well, didn't seem like it. Could be it's this. just weird because you think like campfires orange and a headlight is not orange. Well, and you think of a campfire would be like one light. Headlights would be more than one light. Right. Like, neither of those really. But. Uh, Maybe the way the tree's bouncing, maybe you think you see two lights, you're bumping along in a car. I don't know. After turning a corner to get a better look of the area that was lit up, um, Alan was like, son of a. And then Travis goes, what the hell was that? So they both thought they saw something weird, right? Travis said he looked through the open window and there was a yellowish light ahead. Mike asked what they saw since he was driving. He couldn't like turn around to see it really. And Dwayne told him it looked like a crashed plane that was up in a tree. So Mike started to speed up the vehicle, but the moment the truck cleared the tree lines, all the guys were in pure shock. John cried out for Mike to stop the vehicle. And when they did, Travis was the first one to open his door and look at what the source of the light was. Alan yelled out, my God, it's a flying saucer. Dang. In the 1970s. So like they don't know that much about aliens still. Like there had been that alien craze back in like the 50s and 60s and stuff. But at this point, it was kind of starting to settle down and stuff. So Mike turned off the car. The men were watching as the UFO, unidentified flying object, was about 15 to 20 feet above them. And it was about 30 feet away and it was just hovering in the air. The men said that it was like a golden disc with radiating eerie yellow hazy glow that floated above and caused them to be mesmerized. Yet also filled with like a lot of emotion. The diameter of the UFO was said to be about 15 to 20 feet and about 8 to 10 feet thick. And Travis described the shape as two gigantic pie pans placed lip to lip with a small round bowl turned upside down on the top. And the dome top portion of the object had a darker dull surface uh, with like silver stripes on it as if it was dividing the area into panels to looking metallic. It's literally like what you think of when you think of a alien ship. Like, like literally a UFO. The like. The, the, yeah. 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 A saucer. It's, it's a saucer. It's a UFO. Like every cartoon ever. So. Keeping in mind, that's what they're now seeing at this point. They said there was no visible antenna or protrusions of any kind. Nothing that looked like it could be like a hatch, a door, a port, a window, anything like that. So they're also like, how do people get in and out of this, right? There was no motion, no sound, anything from the craft yet. It almost appeared like it was just like dead hanging in the air until this like bluish beam came down from the craft. You're about to get abducted, sir. That's not a good sign. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Run. Well, instead of running, Travis was like, I have this urge to get closer to the spacecraft. Right. (laughs) So, of course, as you would. So he starts to move towards it because he wanted to see for himself at a closer range. And he didn't want to waste time before the UFO flew away. So, you know, he got out of the vehicle the rest of the way. He started making his way. 
And all the other men were like scared. So they're like, oh my gosh, like, come back. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, get back in the car. What are you doing, Travis? And they were like hush whispering, yelling at him. And then all the men started to get like louder, yelling at Travis as he was getting closer. And they were trying to warn him not to get closer. Travis paused to like think through what his options could be. And he like couldn't figure out if it was a good idea or not. But he was like telling himself in his head, he's like, okay, like I just won't get too close. I won't get too close. But what's too close? You don't know. Yeah. Like he's literally (laughs) getting under it at this point. Once Travis was about six feet away from being literally directly beneath the UFO, he said that he could see just how large it was and he could hear sounds coming from the spaceship. He described the noise as high and low pitched mechanical sounding noises and like whirring and like beeping noises. And it felt like there was a rumble of machinery, like almost like a vibration. And at this point, like all the other guys noticed that, too. So Mike, the boss, who was still at the car, yelled for Travis to get away. But before Travis could get a chance, the spacecraft's spacecraft (laughs) spacecraft started emitting even louder vibrations and travis later described the sounds as a turbine generator and like engines starting up from like a plane or something the ufo started speeding up while starting to spin like a top like tipping from one side to the other like speeding up and then all of a sudden the beam started to turn like greenish more and the men in the truck said that they saw travis's arch his his back arch backwards his arms and legs outstretched and the spacecraft began to lift travis off the ground with the beam towards the spacecraft nope travis then got hurled through the air flying backwards and the um like they in so there's like a movie of this and the movie is kind of accurate but also like the most inaccurate thing ever (laughs) Okay, so like some of the parts that are accurate are like super on it. And then the parts that are inaccurate are just like so out of left field. It's definitely dramatized. They say he was thrown like about like 10 feet away or whatever. But Travis's coworkers were yelling and they were freaking out. And Mike instantly was like, oh, my God, like Travis is dead. He just got thrown in the air after being lifted like he's dead. So they freak out and they were nervous that the UFO was going to follow him. So they just leave. They left Travis there? Yes. They just they just go. Okay. The truck was going like 35 miles an hour, which is like fast at the time because like they're also going through this dense area, remember? And it's covered in rocks and roots and trees and everything else. So the truck's like bouncing along and they're all like trying to stay calm, but they're definitely not. And they're hitting all these potholes and all this brush and everything. And then they hit this like mini ramp thing and it threw the vehicle a few feet in the air and then it smashed down with the crash. And the whole vehicle started shaking really bad and stuff. And Mike's like, holy shit, if we crash or damage the vehicle, we're stranded out here and like the UFO is going to get us. So we need to like calm down. So Mike slows the truck down to like 10 miles an hour. And he's so slow. (laughs) slow. It'd be like a (laughs) crawl. Guys, we gotta go. And then if you are hitting any bumps, it's like bump, bump, bump. (laughs) Literally. So they noticed they weren't being followed. So they were like, they felt relieved. But then they also realized they were like still in shock. And also, you know, like. They left Travis. Right. You know, just kind of a crucial part of this story. So Mike told the men they were safe and they weren't going to be followed. Everyone started shouting, yelling, like freaking out about what they saw, but they were mostly confused. So everyone starts kind of yelling back and forth and they say that this is what they saw. Mike's like, I saw him falling backwards. What happened to him? And Ken goes, man, a blue ray just shot out of the bottom of that thing and hit him all over. It, It seemed to engulf him. Dwayne. 
Good hell, it seemed like he was disintegrated. Steve. No, he was in one piece. I saw him hit the ground. Dwayne. I do know one thing. It sure looked like he got hit by lightning or something. I heard a zap, like as if he was touched by a live wire. A different guy. Hey, man, we better go back there. Another guy. No way, man. I ain't going back there. Mike, <laughs> let's build a fire so the guys, you, you, you guys can stay here in the clean in the clearing and the rest of us will we'll go back there. We'll get Travis, you know. I like how you went southern, but then you also went like <laughs> South Park. <laughs> I just was trying to give everyone a different voice, but then I had to remember the voice I gave them and it just went all over the place. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yikes. <laughs> So just as Mike was about to get the gas out of the back and like start doing everything, they noticed some headlights coming at them on west of Rim Road. So the dim outline of a camper pickup could be seen. John yelled to the others that they should go and ask for help. So they all piled on the vehicle. But then Mike yelled at them and asked if they saw what they saw. And he told them that they saw the outline of a golden disc through the trees in the south. And it raised vertically to treetop level, streaked away towards the northeast at incredible speed. Then the men started arguing about what happened. Oh, God. This is so much chaos. (laughs) This is like the Casablanca entities all the fuck over. And the children, like, in the trees and on the roof and, like, in the the garden and, like, everything happening. Like, no, 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 it was blue. No, it was green. No, it was gold. (laughs) It was headlights. It was a campfire. (laughs) It was so fast. It didn't move. Travis was disintegrated. It was a zap of lightning. He was thrown across the room. It was a zap of lightning. So after a few minutes, they finally were like, OK, like, let's get back in the car. They started driving. They reached a main road. Mike was like, OK, the truck is going back. So anyone that doesn't want to come can get out right here and just wait. We've been acting like a bunch of cowards. We're all scared. There's no denying that. But we got to go back and done what we should have done in the first place. AKA, you mean not leave a person? <laughs> A.K.A. like all for one, one for all, not not leave the dude in the, in the brush, in the the, the dense With forest. With the aliens. <laughs> huh. So the men decided they were all going to go back. They were all just panicking and they needed to get over it and see what was really happening because they, they had to have been imagining it. Right. Like what, what you don't have a cell phone back then. You can't just call it like you made this up. So as all they, of them, all of them at all, one time. Yeah. As they drove <laughs> back, they began speculating on the night's events and what could have actually happened because they were denying the possibility of aliens and UFOs. So they were like, we got to figure out what that really was. So someone suggested this time when they go, they pull the truck around and point the headlights towards the log pile where they saw the hovering shift ship so that they could have like a light source. So they backed up, they pulled in, they illuminated the area, but they saw nothing. So Mike suggested that they get out and they look around because they're fucking Scooby Doo at this point. (laughs) So Mike carried the only flashlight they have, the one in the dark at this point. And the men stayed in a small group to start searching the area. They repeatedly were yelling out, you know, like, Travis, 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 Travis. (laughs) Except literally, like, it was dead silent. They searched everywhere, hoping that some clue would be found, something. They didn't see tracks, evidence of a struggle, anything. But most importantly, they didn't see Travis or anything that related to Travis. So after they realized they were getting nowhere, Mike Mike finally told them they need to go home. Without Travis. Without Travis. (laughs) So Ken was like, yo, like, you know, we have to tell the authorities about this, right? Like, <laughs> Travis is missing. There's that a sucks. there's a dude missing. <laughs> we got to tell and we got to like finish the job tomorrow. We can't be short a guy, you know, like so they go back into town. They meet up with Deputy Sheriff Chuck Ellison. 
And he was the first one to be notified about the event and to also be notified that Travis was missing. So the officer talked to the men and heard their stories while noticing how all the men were really visibly upset and on the verge of breakdowns. The officer then organized a mini search group to look over the area where the men claimed to have seen the aircraft and where Travis supposedly went missing. But they came back empty handed, just like the other dudes did. Travis's mother was then informed by authorities that her son was missing, but she wasn't shocked. She was like super eerily calm and she's like, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> it's like a like a mother of a of a son. I've yeah. said that before, but yeah, it really is. Well, and then he has a brother named Dwayne. This is the thing. Like, oh, this is different Dwayne, right? Okay. And both Dwayne and Travis's mom were both like, yeah, he does that. <laughs> Travis has always wanted to be abducted by aliens. This doesn't surprise us. Like, this is cool. He'll return soon and safely. It's fine. We're not worried. And they're both like super calm. We're not worried about what the aliens are going to do. No, oh. because like Travis believes in aliens. So it's it's fine, which is a thing. So I, if you believe in aliens, no, you're good. No, 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 I will. I will. Yo, I, I was just about to say that. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason I haven't been abducted. I think the bitches that believe in aliens don't get abducted because they know that we're going to be so stoked and we're going to be wanting to prod them just as bad as they prod us. Mm-hmm. That they don't want us. They want the bitches that don't believe because then they're going to talk themselves out of thinking that this was real and they're not going to talk about it as much and things like that. So, no, I'm never going to get abducted because I want it too bad. Yeah, it's so fucking unfair. I wish I didn't believe. But X-Files said, hey, I'm going to make this your entire identity. I want to watch X-Files again. Oh, so- Corey and I were talking about it the other day and we we're like, mm, yeah, we should watch it. When I worked in Chicago at the Chicago Diner, Jillian Anderson was a vegan and uh, she would eat there all the time. And every single time I I would like I, I was a schoolgirl. every single time I would giggle. She like ate pretty much the same like three things. But I'd be like, is there anything? Do you want anything else to eat? Do you oh want a dessert god. for free? I'll give it to you for free. Oh my god. I fucking love her. I love her. I love her. I think I'm in love with her. I love her. Okay. I love her. Okay. Do you, hey, do you love her? I love her. I have a big X-Files tattoo and I fucking love her. I love, I, I uh, okay. So. Moving on. Anyways. <laughs> and I love Casey. So there's that. <laughs> just gotta remind him, just in case. Hope you listened this far. <laughs> that would be so funny if he did. He's like, nah, fuck you. You were so insincere in the beginning. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, like, it's kind of weird that Travis's mom and Dwayne, his brother, were like, hey, yeah, Travis has always wanted to be abducted. But, so it's fine. But we'll, yeah, we'll touch on it again, again, <laughs> later. Like, okay, I'm going to kind of go back and forth because it just makes sense kind of to do that. So they were like, you know, it, he'll be returned fine and safe. And the authorities were like, wow, it's kind of like weird how calm you are. It's like when serial killers are like weird and calm because they did it. Or something like, okay, so yeah. So within 48 hours, the rest of the world had heard about Travis being missing and this alleged, alleged. Good. (laughs) Did I say it right this time for you? How you wanted it? Alleged? That's how I say it. Yeah. Okay. Spacecraft in the sky. Some news outlets, ufologists, other believers, skeptics, deniers, everything. They all started coming to the area to try to see what was happening and if there was potential aliens in the area. Now, meanwhile, that's all happening like in the town and in Snowflake and everything. So let's talk about Travis and what was happening with him. 
And how we have Travis's story is because he went through some series of hypnosis treatments and he said that he got his memories back and that's how he was able to read, write and talk about this alien adventure of his. And at one point I will do a really long like portion of Travis's writings and I still did summarize it, but it's pretty long and I'm going to make Kylie read the whole thing. Of course you are. When Travis started to wake up, he felt an overpowering sensation of pain as he was laying on some sort of a table. He said he felt like his body had been burned all over inside and out. He would, which, okay, I've always wondered that. Does that beam hurt? It's gotta. Like, it's gotta. Human anatomy isn't supposed to be beamed up, Scotty. <laughs> like, but what's the beam? What is it made out of? Yeah, I need to know. Is it lasers? I don't lasers. think so. Lasers. <laughs> laser beams so yeah that makes sense that's the first time i would ever heard that but it made sense when i did hear it the first time okay he said he felt like he'd been burned inside out he said he was laying on his back and he felt really weak with a bitter metallic taste in his mouth travis said his mouth was dry and he felt very thirsty finally travis tried like opening his eyes looking around he said it took a while for his eyes to adjust because he felt like he was having hallucinations The room he was in was hot and really humid. He said it was stifling. There was a stale scent. He was like sweating bullets out here. There was a luminous rectangular fixture about three by one and a half feet above him. And it diffused. It had some like diffused light that came from a flat frosted surface within the rectangle. The fixture seemed to be suspended lower and closer than the ceiling was. But that's like not a normal light fixture for back in that day. So that's why he was like, that's that's weird. Like he's noticing it. It's kind of like too modern for back in the 70s is -hmm. the best way to describe it. Too techie. Yeah. Travis said he felt extreme vertigo and he was super confused about the shape of the room he was in because it felt kind of like it was triangular. But then he said it was taller in the middle and then it was narrow on the edges and it was kind of circular. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you could describe it as like UFO shaped. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So... The only logical thought Travis had was that he had gotten hurt and he couldn't remember what was happening clearly. But then he was hit with some sort of memory of what happened before he blacked out. Travis remembered standing in the clearing of the woods, looking up at a glowing saucer like a UFO. Travis tried to tell himself he must be in some sort of a hospital room right now. Like, that's what makes sense. He got hurt. He's in the hospital. So Travis felt something slightly pressing down on his chest and there was a strange device that was curved across his body about four to five inches thick. And he said that he could feel it extended from his armpits to a few inches above his belt. It curved down to the middle on each side of his rib cage. And it appeared to be like a shiny dark gray metal or plastic. It's almost like something holding him down to this table, like a something like a. (laughs) Yeah, we're both acting it out. Um... (laughs) Like cuffs. Yeah. Half cuffs. But it's like on his. It's like. And. Kind of like a belted belt yeah but not at all right like a when you're on not a straight jacket when you're on a gurney and they mm-hmm. belt you in what, because you're going insane yeah what yeah. like what that do they just say they belt you or do they they cuff you restraint no, restrain you oh words <laughs> that's the one maybe they're Meta- restraining like metal a, restraining a belted restraining device belts that is fixture clasp a piece that is stomach as tall as your upper torso torso shaped 
I think that's the word for it. It's like cylinder like. Yes. <laughs> Half a cylinder. If you guys don't know at this point, <laughs> we cannot do any better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Travis saw some blurry figures and he believed that they were doctors. But remember, he's kind of like disoriented and everything. So he saw them leaning over him with their white masks and caps. You know how I would know I wasn't in the hospital? Because it doesn't smell weird? No, because I wasn't freezing my ass off. Oh, it's always so cold. I don't like the smell. It smells like alcohol, like weird clean, not like clean but like fake clean like i get it it's an antiseptic cleaner so it's like real clean mm-hmm. but to me clean is like lemon scent or bleach but or this bleach, is like yeah. antiseptic clean and that's yeah. like weird it's that like irony weird smell yeah i don't i i, I, I don't know. like it i smell it all the time <laughs> so they were wearing unusual orange colored surgical gowns and white masks and caps so he's like okay yeah they're like doctors but he couldn't make out their faces quite clearly once av avis there's letters in front of that Um, once travis once travis's eyes fully adjusted and the room became less blurry he said he realized they were not doctors that were staring back at him but some sort of weird creature and probably very much not human that's kind of creepy travis uh, said that he was on the table when the three of the creatures were staring back at him trying to figure out what he was staring at them while they were staring at him (laughs) and like you know they were like trying to figure out who each other were he's like i looked at her (laughs) he looked looked at me me. (laughs) (laughs) he said he was trying to touch them and feel them but he said their skin felt spongy and they had large eyes that were staring back at him spongy (laughs) spongy spongy i don't know how that feels spongy like wet spongy clammy that's what i need to know or like like dry spongy like dry i need i think wet spongy i don't know i don't know well it's humid yeah probably moist yeah sponges moist sponges ew imagine if our skin felt like moist sponges like me in the summertime like there are some textures i would really just hate my skin to be or like i would hate if my whole skin was velvet Ugh. It would be awful. Um, I would really hate if my skin was made of Velcro. Um, I would be <laughs> everything or really everywhere all at once. New sequel <laughs> Velcro bodies. Um, I'd be really, really fucking butthurt if my skin was made out of sequins because that would just irritate me every day. Um, I would hate scales. Um, well, that'd be like sequins. Really? OK, so I still don't want it, I guess. Yep. And I would hate if I was made of like, um, not necessarily plastic. Um, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. What is, uh, that type of material that's like her boots? It's like shiny and it's skin tight. It's kind of like slutty, but like hot. latex, latex. I would like slutty, but not hot. <laughs> exist if my skin was latex. I would have not made it this far in life. I really like how you have an entire fucking <laughs> list. I like have never thought of this before. I just I have a lot of sensory issues and those are all around. I think the, the only thing that I wouldn't want is, you know, those little cards that you used to be like this and it would be like. <laughs> and it it's like ribbed. You had like a card and you could. A card? Yeah. Like a card of what? Like a birthday card? No, like a fake credit card or something like that. And they were ribbed? They were like. For her pleasure? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you did this with your nails, like when you Mm. rubbed it with your nails, it made a weird noise. 
Hmm. I mean, like this, but not. Okay. I'm rubbing my water bottle. <laughs> huh. Okay, I guess. I really don't know what that's called. I don't know what that's called. My mom hated it, too. And whenever I did it with my little card, she would yell at me. <laughs> huh. Um. Yeah. It's plastic of some or sort. Or I would hate to be made of snow. That would be inconvenient. Okay, well, off. <laughs> called a snowman <laughs> i know what it is i don't want to be one <laughs> okay moving okay. on <laughs> so the spongemen were there and travis was touching them travis was so scared Tell i me like what- how he's just sitting there like well he's he's not sitting there he's strapped down so he's like touching their sponges i want to know if his hands are like to their side and he's just like prodding them as much as he can or if he has free range with his arms i want to see this and yes. act it out more. Yes. Um, tell me what surface you guys would not like your skin to be made of, please and thank you. So Travis was so scared that he jumped to his feet, but in his weakened state, he felt like he couldn't support his own weight. He leaned on the counter as the creatures walked backwards towards him. As the creatures were coming towards Travis, his adrenaline kicked in and he started to attempt to take a fighting stance, which just is so funny thinking about. <laughs> He grabbed a thin, transparent cylinder that was about 18 inches long off a nearby table. And the item was really light, but it wouldn't make a real weapon. Like, it was just like almost like a vase. Kind Wait, of. So he wasn't restrained to the table then? Not very well, clearly. <laughs> I think it was just kind of like or on it him, not on it. holding it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Travis was like, oh, I'm going to like smash the item like a beer bottle, like in a movie, you know, like Roadhouse. And I'm going to like use the sharp edge, have yeah. a weapon. But he kept smashing it onto a metal slab and this like glass cylinder wouldn't break. Go figure. He's probably like dead in the metal. <laughs> yeah. So Travis just starts screaming and yelling and the creatures are just like, oh, OK. And they're like moving towards him slowly with their arms outstretched. And he's like still in this fighting stance with the cylinder screaming at them. And finally, the creatures stop coming towards Travis and he starts cowering on the ground in fear because he's like, shit, nothing's working. Humans, man. (laughs) Like they probably thought like, what the fuck is this man doing? And nonetheless, because later he's like, I think they were trying to heal me. So imagine they're really doctors. And he's just like, the fuck is this dude doing? Schizophrenia to help you. (laughs) So the creatures like started to calm down and they were. They, they were slowing down. They weren't walking towards him. They were just like, okay, okay, we'll just stand here. Travis <laughs> took in his surroundings and realized what the creatures looked like. He said they were a little under five feet tall. They had a basic humanoid form. So like arms and legs, right? Like and a head, but they weren't shaped quite like humans. Their thin bones were covered with a white marshmallowy looking flesh. So now we're no longer sponges. We are marshmallows, like with pale flesh that you can see the bones through. This is getting worse. This is fucking terrifying. I, I hear, I feel, I feel it. Like I feel it. Oh, I want to, but that'd be super weird. I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. So they had on a single piece of coverall, like overall type suit made of a soft suede like material. It was an orangish brown color. They wore no belts and the loose garments were gathered at the wrist and perhaps the ankles to kind of like cinch them. They didn't have any kind of raised collar at the neck or anything like that. Um, they, 
I get it. Like I described him as overalls and stuff. But do you remember the movie um, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta? And he wears that like white suit that's very disco, kind of like what uh, Elvis Presley wears. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm imagining (laughs) on their marshmallow skin. No, it's just skin. No, it's not their skin. They're wearing overalls. Overalls have things. They don't know. But they're wearing overalls. They don't like coveralls. Okay, but these do. Oh, so they're like workers, like coveralls. Yeah, more like what Harry Styles would wear. I mean, it's it's really funny. funny. (laughs) No, it's really funny because I went to Michael Myers and you went to Harry Styles. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I should have went with the Carhartt moment. (laughs) My bad. Do you think Michael Myers wears Carhartt? Is he like on brand? Do you think it's Carhartt brand? No, it's Dickies. Is it really? Oh, I think. Well, I've never seen any of them. I would assume. Hmm. I know people know this and they're making fun of us now. Yes. They the creatures that were wearing the Dickie Carhartt uh, (laughs) Harry Styles brand overall things. They didn't. um, They did seem to actually wear some like pinkish tan kind of footwear and they seem to have really small feet, like a size four. They had no fingernails and their skin was so smooth and so pale that it almost looked like chalk or ivory. Their bald heads were disproportionately large for the puny bodies. They had bulging oversized craniums, a small draw, jaw structure and an underdeveloped appearance to make their features almost look infantile. So it's that kind of like bulbous fake head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like an alien head that we like. Yeah, alien cartoon. You look up an alien, that's what you get. Their thin-lipped mouths were very narrow, and they had tiny, wrinkled little like earlobe-shaped things on the side of their head. You know what their skin makes me think of now that I like really think about it? Huh? Is what I think Casper's skin would feel like mm. in the movie where she like touches him and she's like cold. <laughs> but doesn't he feel like a fog machine? Something like that. Yeah. But like, this is what I feel like he would feel like if he was real in real life. You know what I mean? Um, no. Okay. Because marshmallows and fog are different. And I think he's fog and I think they're marshmallows. Moist marshmallows. Mixture of both. Oh, I don't like what I'm picturing. (laughs) My hand is stuck in it and it's unhappy. (laughs) He said that the only facial feature that didn't appear underdeveloped was their super oversized eyes. They had brown irises twice the size of a normal human's eyes, and it was nearly over an inch in diameter. The iris was so large that even part of the pupil was hidden by the lids, giving the eyes a certain cat-like appearance. There was very little of the white part of the eye showing, and they had no lashes or eyebrows. Travis decided while they were standing there waiting, it was his time to attack. So Travis prepared himself as the creatures instead abruptly turned and scurried from the room. Uh, I love the word scurried. Scurried. It's one of my favorite words to use. (laughs) They went out the open door, turned right, disappeared. Travis collapsed back against the bench like stressed at this point, right? He was afraid the aliens would return. So he started looking towards the door to decide first he needs a weapon, but then he's got to get out of there. Even though there were tons of strange instruments lying on a bench arranged in the middle of the room, It like looked almost like a medical thing, but they were like all like really tiny and they weren't super recognizable. But he was like, it looks like a laboratory set or like a doctor set, but like not ones that I know. But he said they weren't going to be suitable weapons, so he instead just needed to get out. 
When Travis left the room, he noticed there was a curving hallway about three foot wide outside the door. The ceiling of the hall gave off faint light. So Travis turned to the left and took that route. He started always go left. Always. Always. If you're in a maze, put your hand on the wall and like just pick which side, either the right wall or the left wall. And if you follow it nonstop, you'll never get lost. You'll get out. I always go left. Oh. Okay. Does it work out? (laughs) Yep. Really? Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Um, we should have told Cedric Diggory, Diggory that in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Mm, poor Robbie P. Oh, I love him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Batman Part 2 got announced, everybody. It'll be out in 2025. NBD, it'll be October 3rd, the same day as Mean Girls Day and Full Metal Alchemist Day. The more you know, but now Batman Day. <laughs> Travis realized that he, like, had he had to get out, right? So he's, like, just kind of making his way, moving fast, He found another room. It was 16 feet across. It had another dome ceiling. This room was empty, but there was a single chair in it that faced away from him. So he couldn't figure out if there was someone in it or not. So creepy. He entered the room and he's like, I'm just going to I'm just going to like creep around the corner until I can see. And so he creeped around the edge of the room and then he realized that it was empty. He saw another door, but it it was like another dark room and stuff. So then he's like, oh, I'm going to go look at that chair. And there was a control panel next to it. And it had this like Joy-Con on it kind of and some buttons that were on a lime green like iPad looking surface. He said there were no words or writing, but if he used the buttons, like they would start to move and change. And he couldn't like figure out what the screen was changing to because there was no other like words or writing. But he was hoping that a door would open and lead to an escape. Well, nothing was making sense and he heard no doors or movement other than his own nervous breathing. So he slumped down in the chair and he was about to give up, but he decided to like try using that Joy-Con lever thing. And he realized as he was moving it around, he felt really disoriented as if like he was in something that was moving like um, a spaceship (laughs) and that he's flying it. (laughs) Maybe. So then he's like, oh, I think I'm flying the spaceship (laughs) and these are its controls. (laughs) That might be it. Yeah, just just maybe. So then this is Travis's version of the events of what happened next. And I was going to sum it all up. But like, even if I summed it up, it was going to say exactly what he said. So I just want to use his what he said. And Kylie's going to tell you. So Kylie, have fun. I'll see you guys never. Bye. I got out of the chair and walked to the edge of the room. As I did, the stars faded out and the surfaces of the wall, ceiling and floor came into sight. I moved over to one of the rectangles rectangles resembling closed doors. I searched the edges for a sign of a switch or an opening mechanism. Seeing none, I put my eye to the crack. I could not see any light. I looked around for some kind of symbol or writing that would help me figure out where I was or how to get out of there. None. I walked back to the chair and stood beside it. Looking at the buttons, I was thinking about pushing some of them when I heard a faint sound. I whirled around and looked at the door. There standing in the open doorway was a human being. I stood frozen to the spot. He was a man about six feet, two inches tall. His helmeted head barely cleared the doorway. He was extremely muscular and evenly proportioned. He appeared to weigh about 200 pounds. He wore a tight-fitting bright bright blue suit of soft material like velour. His feet were covered with black boots, a black band or belt wrapped around wrapped around his middle. He carried no tools or weapons on his belt or in his hands. No insignia marked his clothing. 
I ran up to him explaining, exclaiming, exclaiming, <laughs> babbling all sorts of questions. The man remained silent throughout my verbal bar- barrage. I was worried by his silence. He took me firmly but gently by the arm and gestured me gestured for me to go with him. He led me out of that room and hurried me down the narrow hallway, pulling me along behind him due to its narrowness. He stopped in front of a closed doorway that slid open into the wall. I did not see what caused it to open. The door opened into a bare room so small it was more like a foyer or section of hallway. You say foyer? Foyer. I just didn't know you say it that way. That's okay. You can say it either way you want. Continue on. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The door slid shut quickly and silently behind us. Again, I attempted to talk to the man as we stood there. No answer. I descended a short, steep ramp seven or eight feet to the floor. I looked around to to discover that although I was outside that dim, humid craft, I was not out of the doors. I was in a huge room. The ceiling was sectioned into alternating rectangles of dark metal and those that gave off light. The ceiling itself curved down to to form one of the larger walls in the room. The room was shaped like one quarter of a cylinder laid on its side. The outside of the craft we had just left was shaped like the one we had seen in the woods, but was very much larger, about 60 feet in diameter and 16 feet high. It did not emit light. Instead, it had a surface of shiny brushed metal luster. It seemed to radiate a faint heat from its dull, from its hull. The craft either sat flat on its bottom or if it had legs, they were only a few inches high. It sat nearly in the middle of the large room. On my left, toward one end of the room, of the large room, there were two or three oval-shaped saucers, reflecting light like highly polished chrome. I could see two of them very clearly, and a silvery reflection that could have been another shiny, rounded craft. They were about 40 or 45 feet in diameter, quite a bit smaller than the angular vehicle I had just come out of. I saw no projections or breaks in the smooth, shiny, flattened spheres. They sat on very rounded bottoms, and I could not see how they balanced that way. At the end of the hallway, another pair of double doors. I watched closely this time. I did not see him touch anything, but again, the doors slid silently back from the middle. We entered a a white room approximately 15 feet square with another 8-foot high ceiling. The room had a table and a chair in it, but my interest was immediately focused on the three other humans. Two men and a woman were standing around the table. They were all wearing velvety blue uniforms like the first man's, except they had no helmets. The two men had the same muscularity and the same masculine good looks as the first man. The woman also had a face and figure that was the epitome of her gender. They were smooth skin and and blemishless. No moles, freckles, wrinkles, or scars marked their skin. The striking good looks of the man I had first met became more obvious on seeing them all together. They shared a family-like resemblance, although they were not identical. Quote, Would somebody please tell me where I am? I'm implored. I was still utterly shaken from my encounter with those awful creatures. What in the hell is going on? What is this place? They didn't answer me. They lifted me easily onto the edge of the table. I began worry and started protesting. Wait a minute. Just tell me what, what you're going to do. I began to resist them, but all three began pushing me gently backward down onto the table. I looked up at the ceiling, 
covered with panels of softly glowing white light with a faint blue cast. I saw that the woman suddenly had an object in her hand from out of nowhere. It looked like one of those clear, soft plastic oxygen masks, only there were no tubes connected to it. The only thing attached to it was a small black golf ball sized sphere. She pressed the mask down over my mouth and nose. I started to reach up to pull it away. Before I could complete the motion, I rapidly became weak. Everything started turning gray. Then there was nothing at all but black oblivion. So I was going to summarize that, but you see why I didn't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I like how he's like, the room is like approximately eight feet tall. Like what? I don't. Is that this room? Is this eight feet tall? No, this is taller than eight feet. I would say this is eight and a half feet at least. I'm just. It's weird. I'm pretty good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. The other day I guessed something and I said that's seven, four. It was seven, three and a half. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I'm pretty I good guess at that you stuff. Work but I with do measurements that. all yeah. day. Yeah. I'm pretty decent at it. But I can't do big things. Like if it's over 20 feet, I can't do it. Because then I'm going to be like, okay, well, it's over 20 feet, but it's under 50. But don't ask me what it is. I just know it's over 20 and it's under 50. Like that's that's yeah. the best I can do for you. You know what I mean? Or like at that point, like I'm comparing football fields. Yeah. Not, things like that. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, Travis then returned to consciousness, so he's laying outside on his stomach with his head on his right forearm on some cold pavement in Herber, um, or Eber, or Heber. Heber? Heber. It's a place. Yeah. A place So the air was cold and it forced Travis to wake up. He saw a bright flicker of light in the sky before quickly it was like turned off. Travis said he saw the outline of a metallic disc hovering about four feet above the pavement near him. Travis described the item as a standard UFO shape that you could imagine when you think of a UFO. And for an instant, it floated silently above the road, according to Travis. Then abruptly, it shot vertically straight in the eye, creating a strong breeze, and it gave off no light, and it was almost instantly gone from sight. It's It shot in the sky. What did I say? You said eye. <laughs> oh. Oops. Which, that's like a thing. They always say, like, it has, like, unnatural speed. Like, you hear that about mm-hmm. UFOs all the time. Uh, the thing was silent in his movements and it moved at such unnatural speed. So Travis was worried. Travis tried getting to his feet, but he said his legs felt like rubber. I talk about this every time I talk about rubber legs. All right. Did you see that movie as a kid called Make a Wish? The girl. And it's the same girl that's in Matilda. And she has a fairy godmother and it's this like dorky dude. And every time she wishes for something, something goes wrong. And then there's like a bad guy and it's a girl. And like the uh, there's something in a park and then there's something in a school. And then there's a maybe a tornado or something. And then they're in the country and then they're in. um, uh, Like a music house anyways and then the the mean lady uh the guy's walking down the staircase in this big building and she's like imagine if your bones were made of jello and all of his bones turn to like jello and he starts blobbing down the stairs like a slinky and it traumatized me as a kid no kidding no i don't know this so if you want to know what i'm talking about and i don't seem like a crazy person i found it before you'll look up on youtube the movie like in the search bar, type in the movie Make a Wish Bones Made of Jello, and you will see what I mean. Or Bones Made of Rubber, I think. Either one will pop up. It was only like a two second clip, but damn, did it, it fucked me up. <laughs> it was like a knockoff children's movie, and it was terrifying. Interesting. So, 
Eventually, Travis got up. He started to run down the deserted highway and he got across a bridge into the town and Travis started pounding on some doors, but no one heard him or answered him. He ran further in the town and then he found some like telephone booths. So back then, you know, telephone booths were everywhere and you could just. um, What is it called? Collect call. Yeah. So that's what he did. Um, So he starts to do that. He decides he's going to do a collect call and use the operator to connect to his sister who lives nearby. So Travis's brother-in-law, Grant, answers the phone. It was 12.05 a.m. Travis was trying to describe the entire event and tell Grant what happened to him that night. But he was so incoherent and shouting. And Travis was telling Grant he needed to be picked up so that the creatures didn't come back for him. Grant thought it was a prank call and he got really pissed and threatened to hang up. And then Travis started yelling to Grant like, it's not a joke. I need to be picked up. It's me, Travis, like your brother. It's Travis. And the Grant was like, oh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So then Grant agrees. Grant drove the three miles down and he grabbed Dwayne, which is Travis's brother. Remember, Grant told Dwayne about the phone call and all of his doubts that it might not even be Travis that called, but because it was like such a weird fucking awkward phone call of some weird guy shouting and like it was just so out of left field. But at this point, Dwayne knows that he's like, quote, missing. Yeah. And also Dwayne believes in aliens, too, and wants to be picked up. So. So uh, they uh, at this point, they're they're driving over there and stuff. And after he goes and picks him up, they have like a 30 minute drive, like 33 miles or whatever. So by the time the men arrived, Travis is slumped over, cowering in a phone booth while dehydrated. They said they got Travis into the truck and in the movie, he's naked in real life. Supposedly he wasn't. They got Travis into the truck and asked him again about what happened. Travis tried to explain what happened, but he sounded so scared and nervous. The two men realized he had to be telling the truth at this point. While Travis is telling the men the most interesting part of the story, they were like, he says something and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Cause it like, it all happened tonight. And they were like, Travis, you've been missing for five days. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So Travis had been missing for five days at this point since the abduction. So after being picked up by Dwayne, his family had actually been in contact with a few different like um, MUFON, NICAP, like places like that, like different alien organizations and like ufologists and stuff. And one of the ones they had been talking with was GSW, which is the Ground Saucer Watch. So uh, after being picked up by Dwayne, they called William Spaulding from GSW and they were like, hey, we're going to come to the Ground Saucer Watch headquarters and get some tests ran on Travis to figure out what happened while he's been missing for five days. So they traveled almost 150 miles to where their headquarters is in Phoenix, Arizona, and they were told they were going to meet with a doctor, a doctor uh-huh. to inspect him. Pretty much this doctor was like going to give him a physical Yeah, I'm using air quotes because this doctor is not a doctor, actually. He is um, like a hypnosis and a psych evaluation type person. But, you know, he's he's going to give physical. Okay. so while going through hypnosis and being evaluated and examined by a real like a a medicine doctor later and after that, because after the first guy comes in, they do a second guy and this guy's a real doctor. They found out Travis had a small puncture wound above his elbow on his arm. That looks like it came from a hypodermic needle. Weird place, though. Yeah, weird placement. Then they had Travis do a urine test. And after that analysis, it came back that he had a lack of ketones and was super dehydrated. His body was essentially starting to like starve itself and dehydrating himself over the past five days. 
He probably wasn't eating or drinking the whole time. Correct. So Travis says that he feels like he should have been hurt or harmed as he was thrown from the spacecraft originally. But he said that that's why he thinks the spacecraft picked him up was to heal him and mend him, not harm him. They were like being nice to him. As this was happening, there were tons of people who was trying to debunk the entire situation, as with most things that involve aliens, UFOs or any of that sort of stuff. And this is, I think, the first time we've talked about him. But the biggest non-believer was a dude named Philip J. Class. Now, if you know a lot about aliens, you know about Philip J. Class. He's like the biggest like a chip on the shoulder type motherfucker. He does not believe in anything. So after all the examinations and studies, they asked Travis to take a polygraph test. And supposedly he had to take two and they only used one of them. They used the first one because the first one he passed and the second one he failed. Some of the things they asked Travis was, has he ever in his whole life smoked weed? Which he has. Not just like, oh, have you smoked it recently? Did you smoke it that night? No, like, did you do it 10 years ago? Okay, that counts. Okay. 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 <laughs> then they were like, have you ever done any other drugs? And he admitted a few years back he had taken speed. And when I'm talking like a few years back, I'm talking like it was like six years ago or something. Travis decided um, that he was going to just admit to everything, though. So he is being honest. Well, that didn't work in his favor because class decided now that guy that this entire thing's a scam because Travis is a drug user. And that's mm. what the hypodermic needle was, was like him injecting angel dust into himself, I think is what he told everyone. OK, so then he said that the guys all made up this story as an excuse for failing to complete the logging job on time, because remember how they had two jobs going at the same time? Well, they weren't going to make their deadline with this one. So classes like they planned this whole like abduction and that they were going to be down a person and that all this stuff happened so that they wouldn't lose their like um, money for you the could job. Be, you could do a lot different. What? Yeah, dude, I was abducted by an alien, so we can't get this job done. No, like I broke my foot. Well, that, like, or like I'm in the hospital. Like, and apparently, really? alien abduction. <laughs> that's where you're going with this excuse. The apparent fee of them, like, not doing the job wasn't even a lot either. Like, it's just like almost essentially like they wouldn't have gotten their bonus. They still would have gotten paid by not getting it done on time. They just wouldn't have gotten a bonus. At first, the police thought that, like, potentially while Travis was missing, like, their first thought when those guys, like, came into town and they were like, oh, my God, here's what happened. And remember, they're all, like, freaking out. Mm -hmm. The police thought that actually these friends had killed Travis that night and that, like, he was dead. And this was a cover up story done by them. And so they made the men before while Travis was missing for those five days, they made all those men who were working with Travis take polygraph tests also to determine if they were hiding things and if something sinister had happened to Travis that they weren't telling. Some of the questions they were asked about, like, is Travis's body buried nearby? Like, what did they actually think they saw? Did they think they saw a UFO? Did they ever harm Travis in or near that area? Was Travis's body going to be discovered? Like, things like that, right? Well, five of the men came out with, like, all positive, like, the correct answers. Like, no, they didn't um, harm him. No, his body wouldn't be found. No, Travis isn't dead. Yes, we believe it was UFO. Like those kind of answers, right? The answers you would expect. Mm -hmm. But then the last guy, Alan, his text came back inconclusive. And they think it was because Alan didn't know everyone else as well. He was apparently like the least the communicable guy. guy. And he was like the new guy. And he didn't apparently like he kind of rubbed Travis wrong and stuff. They didn't like super get along. And apparently he was just like so nervous during the test because he didn't like want to do it that it just came back inconclusive. So like it wasn't like it came back negative. It just like it, it had a, a bad part. 
So a weird side note that we've kind of like talked about was Dwayne Travis's brother, that one, like the Dwayne that he's related to. Dwayne and Travis, their whole lives were like super big into UFOs and aliens. And over the years, the brothers had discussed about how they wanted to be abducted and how they want to believe and how they want to get abducted by going and standing directly under a UFO and getting like shot up into it. They even made comments that if one of them was abducted, the other one would attempt to befriend the aliens and control them into picking up the other brothers so that they both had the same abduction experience and got to experience it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that makes me slightly disbelieve this story at times. Um, because I'm like, okay. The fact that, like, they're so about this abduction experience is a little weird. Like, it's a little off because no one else had anything to gain from the story or anything. But, like, they kind of did by wanting that experience. Kind of like how Betty said her sister had the experience and she wanted one so bad and then conveniently she had one. Like, I'm not saying I don't believe in Betty and Barney Hill and I'm not saying I don't believe in this one. But, like, it is a little convenient how that worked out, you know? Yeah. But some things that make me feel like this couldn't be made up is that class offered all the men in the logging company that witnessed this that night to come forward and say the entire story was fabricated and made up, but not a single one of them faltered. Like he offered them thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars, numerous opportunities, everything. And like these men complained that this whole story kind of like wrecked them for a while. It made them hard to find jobs. Like they said that they like hated Travis for this happening to them and them being like in the spotlight and everything else. And like they later all became friends again. But like in the beginning, like they were really pissed. They could have taken the money and like said like, no, Travis made this whole thing up or something. But the thing is, is none of the guys in the story seemed to want to gain fame or fortune. It's that they actually believed in the story. Yeah, so, so that's a little unusual, right? Yeah, because if you were like just making it up as you go, like you'd be like, oh, money. and you would forget things over the years. Yeah, They've no, done interviews happen. like their whole life. Like Travis yeah. has passed away now and stuff. But like from when he did this to like when he did interviews for MUFON, Nightcap, like the Kelly Blue Blues, like anything he never messed up his story. Like no one ever did. Like they all had the same story. They kept it going their whole life, like everything like there was not any mistakes. And I feel like that's part of that. Like it got burned into their mind. But also at the same time, that makes me wonder. So does that mean the men in black aren't real? Because how come they never got to them? And it just it's it's weird how this all ties together. But I'm going to go ahead and say I do chalk this story up to being real. Yeah, I believe it. This one's a real deal to me. It's. Like the the very specific things about it make it difficult to debunk you know what i mean like spongy skin and the, the um well in the the like the marshmallowiness like the way that they look the way the uh spacecraft looked there are so many things that are just like this has to be real yeah um there's just so much detail so that's where i'm at well and like like i said earlier with like approximately eight feet tall and like he's recounting everything that he saw in the time that he saw it and then like at the beginning it was gold it was emitting things it was emitting light and then it was vibrating and it was all like the same and honestly could he have survived five days in that dense forest like 
and yeah, still been like, not. was he clean when they found him? Like, I don't know. There's just like some things that I feel like could make me believe more or less, but I don't have that information. Oh, like clean when the two guys came up yeah, and picked him up yeah. in the phone booth or like, was he looking like he had been sleeping in the forest? You right. Know? So there are some things that could make this like more or less believable to me. But overall, like I no, I just think I believe in this one. Yeah. So I don't know. I just want I want to believe I want to believe I want to believe. <laughs> So for this one, I used a lot of books because there are such good books about this. There are two books by Travis Walton himself, uh, The Walton Experience and Fire in the Sky, the paperback book. There was also a book called Travis Walton Abduction in 1975 by Justin Tully. There's a website called Travis Walton. (laughs) Like, obviously, that one has a lot of information. Yeah. There's the documentary Travis, the true story of Travis Walton, and it's free on Tubi right now. And then there's the documentary Alien Abduction, Travis Walton. I paid for that one. And then there's the film Fire in the Sky. And I feel like I got that one for free also, but I don't want to say for sure. If so, I think it was either Amazon, Hulu or Tubi. It's not Netflix or HBO, but I think I found it somewhere for free or it was super cheap, like under four dollars. And like it is dramatized and stuff, but like it's a pretty it's a pretty decent one. It's it's a good one to watch for like an alien film. Yeah. So is it dramatized like all of the descriptions of like what? Ha- no, it's more like happens like that scene where I was like they found him naked in the phone booth, cowering, shivering and like, oh, my oh, gosh, yeah. he looked rough and stuff like that. When in reality, like what we think he found was just him scared in the phone booth in his same outfit that we saw him the day before. Like right. they made it more dramatized or like the fear was like, he's crying in the scene, freaking out. Like I can't pass the polygraph, you know, something like that. Yeah. But like, that's okay. not how it happened. He was just like, like over dramatic, yeah. dramatized. Is that the word? Dramatized? Dramatized. Oh, Ooh, I saw a word yesterday and I only have seen this once in my whole life. And I was like, I'm going to ask Kylie how to pronounce this because I think it can be different ways, but I want to know. And I don't remember. Oof, no. I think it had to do. Okay, this isn't the word, but it was something like luminosity or something like that, where it's like, is it luminosity or luminicity? Because it's spelled luminicity, but luminosity because the word came from luminos or something like that. Like I was like, it was a word that's like that. You know what I mean? Where I was just like, how do you think? But that's not the word synchronicity no I know that word Uh, I don't know I'll think about it again because something in my house like a brand I saw it like on like a light bulb brand or something and it triggered me and I was just like whoa I've never seen that word but like I've heard that word I'm pretty sure or maybe I've only seen it I can't tell which it is like you know how like when you only see a word in a book your Mm -hmm. whole life and then all of a sudden you have to pronounce it out loud and you're like oh that's pronounced duvet cover not duvet cover like that's not one but you know what I mean like and you're just like, holy shit. Or like hors d'oeuvres when you were a kid and the first time you saw hors d'oeuvres and you're like, that's what? That's not that word. <laughs> that's not how you say that, mother. You're embarrassing <laughs> me. Hors <laughs> d'oeuvres so, is a good one. That's a good word. Yeah. Um, or that's what it's I, the word I can't say. Anonymity. You're going to make me not be able to say it. So anonymity. Anonymity. And. Okay, so if you're anonymous and it's a mitity, it's an anonymity. Uh-huh. No, an anonymity. <laughs> you're adding. Fuck! You're adding more things. I can't think of what I need to look at it. That won't help. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's yeah. Anyone that can pronounce that word correctly on the first try, I can. Big props. But now Not I can. Now. 
yeah. Um, okay, well, that's that. Aliens. An- anonymity. And anonymity. What? I think you want to say anonymous. I usually change it so that I always do say anonymous so I don't fuck it up and make a fool of myself. No, I think you're putting two different words together and thinking it's that word and it's not. And anonymity. Oh, is that a word? Anonymity. We <laughs> can't even say that. <laughs> Whew, that one was really difficult. I'm just gonna. So yeah, I, that was a fun alien one. I love aliens. It was so that one was a lot of I didn't give Kylie a lot of chances to talk because it was such a long episode. Well, and I knew she was gonna have to read that huge thing. But that's fine. But uh, I talked when I could. I. Uh, I I narrowed this down and it was a still 12 page outline and we try not to hit over 10 pages. So I tried my best, y'all. I tried my best when I was reading it. But wow, that was it was just so much. And it's it was well, it's not so much. It's just like, where is this going? You know, like when you're reading, you're like, oh, it's going to go that way. But you had no idea. And I didn't let her proofread anything either. No. So and it's also in his words. So sometimes there were things that were like worded weird because it's how mm-hmm. he spoke. Yeah. Well, yeah. So aliens it is. And do then you, next week, do you believe. Oh, of course I do. Yeah, I think uh, I'm sorry. I already moved on because I'm really excited to say this. I think if I'm right, don't quote me. I think we have a short stories next week. Oh, really? I think we might. I might be wrong. But I think we might. Obviously, I don't remember what I wrote because no. my life is all over the place, guys. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Or it's like Chris Watts. <laughs> A dude murdered his wife. Oops. <sighs> Oopsies. So thank you to everyone that listens. That helps make this podcast what it is. We love every one of our listeners, especially people like Casey. He's one of our (laughs) listeners and he's such a great person that him listening makes our podcast better. I had two people respond to our latest episode. One saying that I'm wrong, obviously. Um, Different than the person that told me to tell you that you're wrong? Yes. Oh, yeah. Michael, thank you for shouting out that Kylie was wrong. Uh. This was brilliant. It was really funny because I'll just I'll read the text. Where is it? <laughs> she said, hello. Also listening to Alison Botha. Rebel is not Owen's daughter. I was like, I know. Um, she's like, I saw that on TikTok, too. And I looked it up and it's not true. Really fell for it, too, though. I was like, I was being serious at the time, but have since then found out it is not true. She's like, I was like, no fucking way. And immediately looked it up and was like, damn, TikTok, you got me again. <laughs> and I said, well, obviously same, but like they have the same face. So I'm still not convinced. I still I'm still not convinced. <laughs> she said, LOL, his love child with Adele. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes, <laughs> his, his love child. I swear. Um, but then another person reached out. We were talking a lot today. Let me go scrolling. Um. Da, 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 da. Oh, she's all. She said, "I feel like I was panicking the entire time I listened to this week's episode of Alison Botha." Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's a good one to panic too. Oh yeah. I mean, I would be panicking too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I must have. I didn't remember that I did it, but I must have given some shout outs in the Alison Botha case, and I must have said some things, and I got a very aggressive message. 
from Casey in all caps. It starts and says the audacity. Oh, geez. Next message. You didn't mention that really nice electrician that came over and helped you with your house. And I said, we recorded the episode before you came over. I'm really sorry, because apparently I mentioned people that had been helping with the house. And he goes, no, I will not forgive this betrayal. I said, (laughs) I promise I'll mention you next time. And then he sent me a Batman gift saying, swear to me in all caps. And I said, I put it in the outline. He goes, I'll be famous. (laughs) So he's very excited. So this is his time to shine. We do really appreciate it when you guys reach out to us and let us know how how they're how you're feeling when you're listening or, um, you know, calling us out when we're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And we've had Amanda talk about some potential um, requests she has. Um, I think I have a request from Michael, if I remember who it was. And I think there's someone else. So um, we'll start getting into those as well as we've been talking with like Amanda and some other friends in the DMs on Instagram. And it's just great getting to talk to you guys. Amanda and I had a great conversation about the TV show Friends. And I've been talking to like some different podcasts. Kylie and I have obviously been in the middle of this transition, starting to try to plan how it's changing our lives, not living together. So it's been a little difficult for us right now. But after that's done, we can potentially start doing more collaborations or what did I call it? Cross contaminations (laughs) with some other people. (laughs) Our goal is to have a true crime guys collab someday. So put it in the works. Someone, you know who you are, Andy and Michael. Um, But Horror House, I found out they are from the UK. I lied to everyone last episode. They want to do a collab. We have, Brett and Eduardo, some of our friends. We have my friend M from Fort Wayne, Indiana. She said she's going to travel across the, the great state of the Midwest to find us and do a collab. So we said, you know, let's start doing some fun things. Maybe maybe 2023 is year. Kylie and I have some random episodes of collaborations. Maybe we'll go live one time. And I think I'm going to try to do a collaboration with Crime Scene and Cupcakes soonish, too. I think. If I'm correct, I think it might be in like a week. I think the collab needs to involve cupcakes. Well, I think it needs to involve mostly cupcakes. We'll just take pictures eating cupcakes. That's the whole collab. Yes, (laughs) that sounds delightful. So, yeah, guys, we're really excited. We have a lot of things on the 2023 docket. I mean, now that we're more in the swing of things, we know how things work and we've got you guys pumped. Like it's pumping us up. So we're, we're working on things. So big thanks still to Core, Core.media Photography every week for doing all of our editing and what? You said Core. Did I call him Core? Yeah, his name is Corey. Oh, his name is Corey. I was really excited to say Core.media.photography. Thanks, Corey, with a Y. I call him Corridor or Corinthians or what was that other one I called him? Coriander? No, Coronator. Coordination. Ooh. There was something else though. Yeah. Cor, 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 Corpus Christi. Ooh. I'll think of some more. Um, but yeah, big thanks to Corey for always being Corey. <laughs> he does a lot of things. He twitch streams, he does motor vlogs in the summer. He is a dog dad. He's an editor. He's a photographer. He's a busy and he has a real like a real 40-hour week job on top of all of those. 40 hour jobs like right he is a he doesn't stop like i think he sleeps 
But, like, I'm not quite sure. I think, like, he wakes up like he's a robot somehow or something. And, like, we just think he's going to bed. So. Maybe. So thank you, Corey. He for powers everything. down. He's not. Sleeping. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be part of the CSP fam. All of our links can also be easily found at crypticsuitpod.com as well. Any kind of Apple podcast review and ratings or Spotify ratings really help get our name out there. They help us branch out. They put us on like ratings and charts and things like that. And they just give us the warm fuzzies and let us know what you do and don't like about things. So it's always a good thing for us because, you know, it helps us improve. Um, remember guys, we just always want to hear back from you and stay in contact with you guys because we do this to do that, to hang out with you guys. So remember to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. people (laughs) i'm just going in pretty much whenever i feel like it no one's saying shit so far